Hey everyone, and welcome to A Work in Process Extra. These are many episodes that are really just snippets from conversations that I've had with my guests that never actually made it into the episode or were just a little bit too long and were cut down for clarity. And after re-listening, I created this mini episode format so I can share more guest insight. This extra is from my conversation with Dr. Pamu Peku. We briefly touched on why he wanted to further his education, but I wanted to make sure you heard the full story. So I chose to pull it out and allow his journey to be its own extra. Hope you enjoy it. You know, leading up to, to this um, this interview, I, I was listening to a couple of podcasts. Um, I think a month ago, um, you were on Maurice Cherry's Vision Path. Yes. And I was getting a lot of insight, you know, from there because, once again, we haven't spoken in so, in, in so long. But it was also interesting to hear all the stuff that was just going on. You're now a doctor. <laughs> You're Dr. Fahamu Peku, right? Which means you have to go back to school. Yeah, well, I'm done now. Why did I go back to school? Uh, you know, it was something that I, I, I think I have been drawn to uh, from the, you know, er, the early onset of those first magazine or neo-pop, uh, as I call them, paintings. Um, you know, like I said, I had many friends who, um, uh, you know, were also artists and scholars in their own right who, you know, saw the magazine paintings. And, you know, for me, like I said, it was a really an experiment in the beginning, but my friends began to show me like, you're really onto something with this. Like, this is really dope. There's a, a whole uh, um, wealth of, of information and, and knowledge and resources uh, of, of ideas that you're tapping into. You know, go read this book, you know, go look at this, go check this artist out. You know, so my uh, process early on became a very much a very research based uh, process. You know, as much as I was exploring these notions of celebrity and pop culture and stuff like that, I was also doing a great deal of reading and research and my ideas were being informed, you know, by 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 this, you know, research. Um, So anyway, uh, as my career, you know, became to kind of like, you know, take off, um, I would get invited to various uh, programs at universities and colleges around the country and, you know, asked to lecture and, you know, do studio visits and critiques with grad students and stuff, you know. And at the time, I just had my BFA. Um, And so I would, you know, go through and see the programs and be like, wow, this is dope. You know, what these people are doing is dope. What these these conversations these people are having are dope. Like, I I, want to be a part of a community like this. And so I would ask the department chair, hey, you know, what 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 if I wanted to, you know, apply to this program? What would I need to do? What are you looking for? And they would be like looking at me like I had another head growing out of my shoulders. And they were like, you're, you're already doing everything. Everybody comes out of an MFA program looking to do. And I was at that time specifically looking at MFA programs. Um, and, you know, a lot of people told me point blank, like, you know, this, this is not really anything we can offer you that you're not already doing. So, you know, I, I, I wouldn't advise you to go this route. But uh, that left me a bit frustrated because I had a real hunger to push myself and to push my ideas beyond where they were. Um, So fast forward a few years, maybe 2009, 2010 or so, uh, again, looking through one of my art magazines, I saw an ad for a uh, PhD program in Australia. Um, And 
it was billed as a studio as research program. And, you know, I was like, oh, I, I didn't really know that that was an option. Like, I can do my studio work as a type of uh, research in a PhD program. And I contacted the, the school and I, you know, spoke to one of the administrators and, you know, asked, you know, a few questions and they were like, oh, no, you misinterpreted what we mean. That's that's not what this program is. Uh, you know, and I was like, oh, damn, that would have been dope. You know, but anyway, um, I, you know, kind of, again, just filed it in the back of my mind, a little frustrated still. Uh, uh, but um, in 2000. 11 no 2010 i started a karaoke night you know and it became really popular uh we had uh, you know people from all strata of you know um of, of society like hanging out doing karaoke with us you know and uh a few of them i found out later down the line were professors um at emory and uh you know, one night and this was now 2011 one night i'm at the bar and i'm talking to one of the homies uh his name is michael leo owens uh, he's a professor of political science at Emory, uh, and he was a regular at karaoke. And, um, you know, he and I were talking, and I was just telling him, you know, man, you know, I was trying to, you know, find a program. You know, I've been told that, you know, I, I'm maybe a bit overqualified for an MFA program at this point, and I don't want to do a PhD program that's going to take me away from my studio work, you know. Um, and he was like, well, there's a program at Emory that you might find interesting. Uh, I think it might be a good fit for you. You should check it out. Um, it's called the Institute of Liberal Arts. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll check it out. And, you know, I don't know how many months went by, but uh, eventually one day, it was like in mid-November, I finally went on Emory's website. Mind you, he told me this like maybe like March or April. Right. <laughs> uh, so November, um, one day I'm sitting at my uh, computer and I, you know, look up this program at Emory. And I read the description and I was like, oh man, this does sound pretty dope. Like, uh, this is actually kind of cool. And then at the bottom of the page, it was like, you know, uh, say it was like November 13th or something like that. The bottom of the page said, open house, November 13th, 6 p.m. <laughs> and mind you, it was like 4.30 or something like that, you know? And I was like, yo. And I told my wife, I was like, yo, I want to go check out this. Uh, open house thing at Emory and she was like okay yeah have fun you know so I jumped in the car I uh, raced across town I got there a few minutes late and I sat in the back of the room quietly listened to um, uh, the representative talk about the program and uh, you know the types of research and the type of scholars that they have there and mind you this program is a interdisciplinary liberal arts program um, and it really is kind of designed for uh unconventional scholars like people whose research ideas and projects don't fit into traditional disciplinary boxes right. um and uh you know after the end of the presentation you know uh he asked if anybody had any questions i raised my hand i was like you know i'm a visual artist you know uh, i read the description of the program and it sounded interesting i was wondering if you think this would be a good fit for someone like myself and he went on to tell me that they had just started a certificate program called a Visual Scholarship Initiative, um, you know, and that a lot of the people who um, had gone through this particular program were, were, were actual artists. Uh, some were um, arts administrators and, you know, curators and stuff like that. And a number of them, uh, you know, incorporate visual media into their dissertations. And he was like, you know, I think now would be a good time for you to apply for the program. 
mind you, it's November 13th. Um, the, the application uh, for the program is due January 2nd. And I don't know if you know anything about applying to graduate school, and especially to a PhD program. Not it that. is not you fill out a form and, <laughs> you know, send it in. Uh, so I had to like find all kind of get all kind of documentation, letters of recommendation. I had to write a 30 page uh, writing sample, like, you know, all kind of stuff. And it was all due January 2nd. So seems I simple. Said, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so I set myself to, um, you know, to get my application in. I, you know, ran around doing everything that I could. Um, and that, uh, you know, during that holiday season, my wife and I decided to have like a New Year's Eve party at our house. So uh, a good friend of mine is a, um, a scholar, and uh, a, a um, commentator and author uh, named Jelani Cobb. Um, and, uh, you know, so I invited Jelani, you know, uh, to the New Year's party and stuff like that. And, you know, the day of, he called me like, hey, man, I hate to do this, but one of my friends uh, doesn't have anywhere to go tonight. So I kind of told him about your party. Do you mind if he comes? And I was like, nah, man, it's cool. The more the merrier, you know. So anyway, the New Year's party happened. You know, Jelani showed up. His friend never showed up. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody started to leave around like one o'clock in the morning. Around 2.15, there's maybe like three or four people still just kind of hanging out, sitting around, you know. 2.15 in the morning, the doorbell rings, and I go to the door, and this, you know, guy standing outside, he's like, hey, man, I'm a friend of Jelani's. He told me that, you know, he's going to be here tonight. I know it's kind of late, but, you know, uh, is the party still going on? I was like, well, now nah, the party's over, man, but you, you know, welcome to come in and have a drink if you want. Uh, so he came in, uh, he started talking, introduced himself, and told me he was a professor at Emory as well. And I was like, oh, wow, man, I'm uh, about to apply to a program called the ILA at Emory. He was like, oh, yeah, I know that program very well. He was like, where are you with your application? I was like, oh, it's pretty much done. He was like, well, would you like me to take a look at it? Oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So three o'clock in the morning on New Year's Day, <laughs> there's this professor from Emory sitting at my dining room table editing my uh, uh, my essay that I wrote for, you know, my application and, you know, giving me a couple like, you know, uh, pointers and tips and stuff like that and I just thought that was really weird like there's, there's, there's something to this you know um, so anyway I submitted my application I got a call back uh, to come in for the interviews um, and uh, you know out of I think maybe like 70 or 80 applicants that year they selected uh, uh, 8 to come in or no 10 to come in to do interviews and they were only offering five lines. So out of those 10 people, only five people would be accepted into the program. Um, when I tell you, bro, the night that we got, we all gathered together for the interview weekend, you know, I got to meet all of these other uh, prospective uh, scholars, you know, to this program. And, um, you know, we all met, you know, the first night at the hotel for a dinner and everybody was asked, you know, we went around the, the table and everybody was, you know, supposed to, uh, you know, introduce themselves and what their research interests were. Bruh, they might as well have been speaking Klingon. I had no idea what anybody was talking about. Like, you know, it was like the biggest words that I ever heard in my life and like, you know, concepts and theories and philosophers and all kinds of stuff. I'm just like, what in the hell? I am not getting into this program, you know. And, you know, my whole thing was, I'm an artist. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I do work around black masculinity. That was my, you know, kind of spiel. 
anyway, the next morning, you know, we all, uh, you know, got together again and, and the interviews happened like gauntlet style. Like, you know, you go from one professor's office to the next and, you know, like with these 15 minute interviews. Oh, those are killer. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, everybody's a little nervous and stuff like that. I'm really nervous, you know, because I feel really like a fish out of water. Um, and, um, you know, the first person goes in and does their interview and they come out and they're like pale as a ghost, you know. Uh, and they're like, man, that was rough. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm really not getting in. Because this person was the, one of the people that I just thought was the most brilliant people there, you know. Um <laughs> So I go into my first interview and uh, I sit down across from the professor and he moves everything or he like clears the papers and books and stuff off his desk. And he looks at me with like dancing eyes, like his eyes are sparkling. He's like, I have been so waiting to meet you. I'm such a big fan of your work. Your application was amazing. I really love your concepts, your your ideas, and the way you express them through your artwork. It's really beautiful. I, I I don't have any questions for you. I'm just excited to have you here. I was just like, what? <laughs> you know, and every interview that I did went just like that. Like, in fact, a couple of my interviews, the professors didn't even uh, interview me as much as they did. They pulled out their own projects that they were working on and asked me my opinion about what they were doing. <laughs> Really? I was like, am I in the Twilight Zone? Like, what's going on? You know, the only interview that, like, kind of gave me a little bit of a stumble was with one of the, uh, was with the student who's, you know, who was in, uh, in the program. So they have one student who interviews prospective students. Um, and, you know, so she's interviewing me and she's asking me, you know, these, like, questions. She doesn't give me any eye contact. She doesn't look at me whatsoever. She asks me a question, I give her a response. She just goes to the next question. You know what I mean? So I just thought I was like doing a terrible job, you know? Um, but come to find out, she was just really nervous and apparently had done all the interviews with all of the candidates the same way. Like she just read from a script and, you know, kept it moving. Um, but I did have one of the professors who was actually the chair of the department uh, ask me a question that uh, that I thought was, you know, going to get me in a lot of trouble. So he was like, you know, I'm looking at your, uh, you know, he's like, your work is amazing. Your ideas are really brilliant. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm kind of like, you know, what are you looking, what, like, why do you want to go get a PhD? You're already doing, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, but then he was like, you know, I looked at your uh, transcript from undergrad and, you know, your grades weren't so great. Uh, you want to explain that? And I was like, I would just be straight up with you. I hated undergrad. I didn't really care to be there. Uh, you know, I didn't really feel like my professors understood what I was trying to do or say or where I was coming from. And it was a really rough time. Right. He's like, I appreciate your honesty. I flunked out of undergrad twice. <laughs> Mind you, this dude is like, you know, got two or three PhDs at this point and uh, you know, he's the chair of the program and stuff like that. You know, really brilliant guy or whatever. But he was like, yeah, I, I, I can completely understand where you're coming from. Uh, and thank you. Uh, you know, really, really love your work. You know, that, my, that's how my interview weekend went. Everybody else was like shaking, like, like you know, broken inside, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, the next day we were allowed to, you know, leave and stuff like that. And I'm driving home. Uh, from the campus and I get a phone call from the uh, from the chair and uh, I'm sorry not the chair but the um, uh, 
the, the program leader and uh, she says to me, you know, we usually take, you know, a, a couple weeks to a month to make announcements uh, for who's going to be in the program. But everybody loves you so much. It was a unanimous decision. We'd love for you to be a part of the program. Done. I was like, what the? <laughs> but anyway, uh, that was the long story and a long way to say that, you know, there was this really, uh, uh, I was really driven um, by a, 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 a desire to enhance what I was already doing in my work by adding another dimension to it. You know, as I mentioned before, um, uh, you know, I discovered that, you know, different concepts bode well with, you know, um, uh, with specific media. Um, and, you know, the, the, the academic piece, you know, is was just, in my mind, another level and another dimension to that. Right. Um, especially as it pertains to um, issues of black masculinity. Uh, because, you know, as much as uh, I've been referred to uh, various scholars and writings and, and thinking about uh, black masculinity from academic, you know, text. Eighty percent, maybe even ninety percent of those uh, texts and stuff like that about black masculinity were not written by men or by black people. Oh, really? Yeah. And that was like mind-boggling to me, you know. And so I felt like I had something that I could offer uh, to the conversation. Um, and, you know, and, and, and also, you know, I thought that I would be able to, you know, get information and get access to information that would enhance what I was already attempting to do through the work. Right. And so it, it just became another dimension for me to explore uh, in terms of the, the, the themes and ideas and concepts in my work. <laughs>